Hi, I'm Julia Camera, screenwriter of Occupants, and you're listening to Comic Pop Library. We need to go now. You have questions, I can tell. Who? You get three. Why only three? Okay, that was your first question. What? I don't understand what's happening. This is the beginning of your story. Your family is very powerful. Your mother used her magic to save you. Run! And bring me to life. What are we gonna do? We're going to find your father's armor. It's the only thing that can protect you. Many years ago, I was cursed. This great adventure is my destiny. Your magic is growing stronger. You need to learn control. to another episode of Comic Pop Gets Animated with Kubo and the Two Strings. Brought to you by Comic Pop Library. I'm Richard along with Logan here. Kubo and the Two Strings is about Kubo who lives a quiet and normal life in a small shoreside village until a spirit from the past turns his life upside down by reigniting an age-old vendetta. This causes all sorts of havoc as gods and monsters chase Kubo who, in order to survive, must locate a magical suit of armor once worn by his late father, a legendary Samurai Warrior. And this is brought out by... What was the... How did you pronounce it? Laika. Okay. This movie was produced by Laika, and the director for the movie was Travis Knight. And this is a very heavily Japanese-influenced movie, and it is... um, mixture of puppetry and animation. That's why we're throwing it under the animation banner here at Comic Pop instead of a movie, because it does have some animation in it. The style is generally considered animated. Stop animated, I think it's called. Yeah, stop animation. Yeah. So, Which is very time consuming. It's probably more time consuming than regular drawn animation. Apparently this one took five years, I think they said in the bonuses. That's what they said. So it took a while, and it cost Mm -hmm. some money when, and like I said, Logan and I watched the Blu-ray edition of the 
this and with the mm-hmm. bonus editions and it showed some of the sets they built for it. I yeah. mean, these were elaborate sets that they built and there were several sets that they had to build, not just one. Yeah. So. And one of the boss monster type things, torso and head was about as big as a human. So the Pretty actual much. full standing, that would be about one and a half, two humans tall. <laughs> yeah. It was huge. It was huge. But Kubo, like it says, at the very beginning, it goes into a quote and this is kind of a cool little quote and I'll mention it here before we get into it but it says if you must blink do it now pay careful attention to everything you see and hear no matter how unusual it may seem and please be warned if you fidget if you look away if you forget any part of what i tell you even for an instant then our hero will surely perish and that's played throughout the whole movie pretty much yeah (laughs) and it comes back time and time again but at the very beginning when this is being told you see a ship on the sea basically Mm -hmm. being tossed around by the storm and there's a Mm -hmm. woman in it and this is actually kubo mother and you don't actually see Kubo he's actually baby and is in a satchel basically on her back and I don't yeah. ask me what they're called but they basically capsizes she goes down and hits her head on a rock but they are washed up on shore yeah. and there is a village close by because at the very beginning I was like oh is this going to be like Tarzan they're on their own but nope, no there's, there's a village, village. <laughs> so yeah. there you go so that's nice but they are being secluded they're, they live mm-hmm. in a cave it seems yeah a cave high up in the cliffs by the ocean shore though part of that might be by the bomb choice because one of her things was you must absolutely not be out of the dark right that was one of the things that he could not be out after dark and the mother was kind of unusual i assume because of the hit to the head that she took because yeah. she would when you first see her after the scene kubo's already grown to whatever age he is yeah. probably about 12 Maybe that seems to be right. 10 so, to 12. And like she's asleep and he wakes her up and she's just kind of in a fog, yeah. a fog or whatever you want to call it. And then uh, she's, he leads her to the entrance of the cave, sets her down to watch the sunrise. Then when it rises, he leaves to the village and he does mm-hmm. his little stories with his origami. With origami, but the he, thing he with. He is psychic. Well, psychic or magic, this is what it's all about, is the magic. Kubo and his mother are from a family that has magical powers. And he uses that magic to use origami to tell his stories. But he goes back up to the cave, like Logan said earlier, after dark, he's got to be in. Yep. And after dark, his mom seems mostly there. Still a bit foggy on the memories, but mostly there. She talks Much better than in the daytime. True. But then shortly after, probably about maybe a couple hours, maybe yeah she kind of goes back and she gets tired and she has to go to bed yeah you have to sleep sometime yeah so but this is one where it's a coming of age story a road trip story kind of like adventure Mm -hmm. and he gets to this stage because as we've been saying he's supposed to be in after dark well one night i can't remember what the ceremony's called but they're honoring the spirits of their dead i think it was oban okay and that's where they honor the spirits of their past loved ones and and they the spirit enters into the paper lantern they put it in the river and it floats away to guide them to (laughs) the afterworld and he's wanting to do this for his dad and it's not working so he gets frustrated throws it away and then before you know it the sun's going down yeah he delayed too long before heading back up yeah 
So, and he tries to get back to the cave, but doesn't make it. Yeah. So. Pretty soon he's being chased by his ants. Yes. His ants, which are basically your, they almost look like your traditional Western witches to a degree, because mm-hmm. they have the tall witch hat type thing, mm-hmm. but they do have the face mask and the, their cape crow feather wings. Cape. So, mm-hmm. they, it, yeah, crows fit better, but I thought they were kind of cool looking. Yeah, the they were. And a little creepy. Yep. Uh, they were voiced by the same person, mm-hmm. but they would pitch it or manipulate the soundboard so that you know one was a little bit different or a little bit off than the other so just a creepy sound yeah and i assume they that was twins is why they used the same actress yeah. that's how i gathered it but yeah those turned out to be his aunts who are pretty much out to get him they and the mm-hmm. grandfather or his mom's father wants yeah. his other eye because Kubo has lost his other eye we find out it's from his grandfather taking it out yeah yeah no you know biggie yep all grandfathers take their grandson's eyes out, right? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, his mother comes to his rescue. And the main thing, and we forgot to mention this, the main thing is how he tells his tales and uses his magic is by a shamisen. Yeah. Which yeah. is a folk instrument from Japanese history uh, that has three strings to it. Mm-hmm. But his only has two. Yep. Uh, even, at the, even when he's been playing it, I think it only has two, right? I think so, yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure it just breaks the string twice before okay. the end. And usually it has three. Mm-hmm. And as you follow the story along, you'll, you see what happens and his instrument comes into play majorly again. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and that's the main source of his power, but it kind of seems like not his only source. He can do it without the instrument. It's just a focusing yeah. tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is how I gathered it. Yeah, definitely just focused. Yeah. <laughs> he has to escape from his sisters through the help of his mother, who pretty much does a magical blast that takes out everything. The two sisters doesn't take them out, doesn't kill them, but it knocks them away and mm-hmm. basically kills his mom, though. And she gives him his cloak that he's been wearing. She'd previously enchanted that to grow wings and fly out of there. <laughs> True. And she also had a talisman of a monkey that she always made sure he had as well. And when he wakes up, that talisman has become an actual monkey. monkey. And we're in snow rather than on a beach. So. And the awkwardness of learning that that Mr. Monkey you always kept on you is now alive and a girl. True. <laughs> As just now. Yeah, there's fun moments in this. and there, I mean, it's... Uh-huh. It's four kids, but maybe not young kids. And I have to say that it is rated PG, but it's not G like most animated stuff are and that you think of. And it's not PG-13 either, but it has its darker moments. Like we said, the Mm -hmm. the ants are kind of creepy. Yeah. He has to fight three monsters, basically, one of them being his grandfather. Yep. And Logan talked about one of them being the big skeletal giant. Mm -hmm. And there's, besides his grandfather the mid other one is a, a stalk uh, several stalks in the bottom of this yeah. water that have one eyeball yep big eyeball mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're kind of they're creepy monsters and yeah. you know it's you know the afterworld in this folktale is kind of yeah. scary <laughs> Mm-hmm. But when they're traveling along this snow-covered place, they actually come across a beetle. Yep. And this beetle is actually a person. Mm-hmm. Cursed into the form. Yep, a warrior, samurai warrior that's cursed into the form of a beetle. And Who he's is- from his father's clan. Yeah. And his father was named in the movie, but yeah, no, we can't. you can't remember it. And <laughs> it's actually moderately difficult to find the name, at least if you're going by looking at a list of voice actors. But, yeah, we yeah. did. 
didn't do a Wikipedia either, so we yeah. might have found it. it there, you could probably find it easily enough. You, we it's know. Just, He's mom and dad. Yeah. You don't really need to know their names to know that. <laughs> We're home here, folks. It's mom and dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed the puppetry and the animation. Yeah. It, it really had some very neat scenes to it and colorful mm-hmm. scenes. Yep. And their origami guide was just great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a origami little guy of a samurai warrior. Uh-huh. So, yes, they, and he used origami, and his paper never ran out. I mean, it would fold, but then it would unfold and go back into his pack. Yep. And later on, he started using stuff that wasn't paper, like the leaves and sticks for the boat. Yep. He did use leaves and sticks at one point to cross a big expanse of water that made the boat. So you kind of heard that in the trailer where the the monkey was saying "show off." <laughs> you couldn't mm-hmm. see it, but that's what was yeah. the part in the trailer when she said that so it's, it's kind of cool and it all leads back to the big battle at the end back to where it all started from at the village that they were at yep. but he has to get three pieces of armor mm-hmm. the sword which is unbreakable the suit which was impenetrable right impenetrable right i believe so and, and the helmet, helmet which was invulnerable maybe mm, possibly i can't remember that to be honest yeah. <laughs> But it's basically magical uh, armor. armor and a weapon. <laughs> and the reason that Kubo's grandfather is so upset is because this warrior, which turned out to be Kubo's dad, was sent out to battle his mom. And they did battle, but they fell in love during the battle. Heat of the battle, I guess. <laughs> and and they went off and she ran away and had yeah. a little one against her father's wishes. And now the grandfather's a little upset at his daughter. Yep. Or so... And he plans on taking Kubo's eyes away so we won't be able to see any of the good stuff that is down there so he'll come back up to heaven or some such. Yep, to go back up to where he lives. And his, his grandfather is the moon beast, and as we said, that's the last creature he has to battle. So it's... And the battles are really nice. Yeah. The, the, the sisters, the, the ants... They're really neat battles. There's one battle on the ship with between them and the monkey, which really is really good. Yeah. And There's the whole grappling and jumping battle with the skeleton. Yep, that was really fun and yep. and then really well done. There's the origami battle <laughs> with the fiery chicken. Yeah, that was at the very remember beginning. How at the very beginning yeah yep. that was with Kubo's storytelling it was kind of funny because yeah. like Logan said it was using origami and they and the samurai warrior was part of that story too yep. and they put the chicken in there for fun but one of the things that was kind of interesting and this was mentioned in the bonuses as well but and you knew what it was anyway you didn't mm-hmm. have to watch you don't have to watch the bonuses for this to know it but they have red confetti flying out when the samurai war is making slashes and stuff so you know what that's an indicator of and it's just like oh god okay yeah so so that's kind of funny it's one of those words yeah the adults will be interested but it's not so horrific that the kids will be upset mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. yeah and the final win done by a brainwashing <laughs> true that's kind of rare to see from the hero side of things if i remember correctly yeah, true that's not quite how it's always done but yeah the final battle they win and then they actually brainwash the individual so yep. yeah there's that but it's to save other people though yeah so it's like you're doing a bad thing to cause a good thing yeah. oh well 
<laughs> That's all right. Uh, and like I said, this is one where, I, since I'm a toy collector, Logan's not as big as into the toys as I am, but he kind of is into them as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, when we watch the bonus features about the puppetry and stuff, and they're basically just big toys too, and to a degree, because they, yeah. they have the articulations and they're. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of neat to see. They didn't show how they made the puppets, but they showed how they made the sceneries mm-hmm. and the sets and had the puppets situated in those sure. scenes. They showed a bit, really and cool. the skeleton was almost just the scene on its own. Well, true. It was huge. Very huge. Have that as a playset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Have a playset. And these scenes, it's like, I mean, they were full village streets, but they were just miniaturized. But yeah. when you saw the the people situating the scenes or the it puppets, still they were walking big. in the streets. And, uh, you know, these village huts were probably, uh, say, two feet tall. Mid-thigh-ish. Mid- so around two Wait, feet this tall. one's the thigh, right? Yeah. Yeah, mid-thigh-ish. So probably about height. two feet taller, yeah. taller, a little taller. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to see. So if you're one of those people that likes to watch this bonus features, and like yeah. the puppetry and animation, this would be one that you would be interested in watching and see what they did. And how they went back and the directors and producers actually went to Japan to get, you know, get the references so that they would be as accurate mm-hmm. as possible. And so got that was people cool. to help them with it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool so it was yeah. a, it was a very good movie i enjoyed it and i was unsure of if i would because i was didn't know what it would be like because i first thought those would be taken out with the clicks because yeah. <laughs> when i first saw the trailer i thought it was just a cgi movie but then it was come to find out oh no this is stop animation and some cgi thrown on top of it just for backgrounds, backgrounds and, stuff. and stuff so i was like it's, very cool and the funny thing is it seemed like when you were reacting to the bonuses you didn't realize it was stop animation until they actually told you <laughs> true <laughs> so it was sorry. i knew the characters that at least were done in that style of animation even if i didn't remember what that style was called but yeah <laughs> oh well but yeah that's very cool very cool very cool yep that's about it because if we go into it any further it pretty much gives away the ending we kind of yeah. give a little bit of the ending but we didn't tell you how it all ended so you don't know everything that happens there but it has its humorous moments it has its kind of scary moments yep and it cool. has a few twists to pay attention to through and then the very outro or ending song however you want to say it it's one that's sung by regina Spector, and it's entitled while my guitar gently weeps and it was originally a beatles song Mm -hmm. and they mentioned that in the bonuses so we kind of went back and listened to george harrison singing it for the beatles when they released it and logan and i were talking i was like kind of preferred with the shamsen yeah we kind of liked it with the kubo soundtrack i mean nothing against the beatles or beatles yeah it was still still pretty good but but after watching this movie and hearing it at the ending it it really fit and i can see why the director and composer kind of wanted to grab that song for their ending piece because it really fit the movie really well yeah and when you listen and we don't play the whole song I, so, but you'll hear some of the lyrics and you'll see kind of how yep. it fits together and you can always look it up on youtube later. true you can uh for libraries what do you think logan i definitely get it but it's apparently made by the same people as Coraline and i think trolls box, box trolls. trolls yes yeah. it was as it well is. as a couple of other ones because it actually in the bonus features and i think one of the previews they have a little set they have of the 
Oh, the different puppets. All the main character puppets right. just on a stand. Yeah, and that's kind of looked pretty cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool as well. So yeah, if you watched Coraline or Box Trolls, it's from that same studio, so you're familiar with their animation work and stop motion work. But very cool. Uh, for libraries, definitely I would say put it in the library. It is PG because the the storytelling is a little bit more above a G level. No. Uh, it, like we've been talking, it does have its scarier moments. I think mm-hmm. even for especially for little kids if we thought it was creepy i'm sure little kids will definitely think it's creepy but it's one it's a good story it has the humor mixed in with it so it's not completely oh scary 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 no there's humor mixed in with yeah. it and, and the adventure as well that keeps mm-hmm. you going and yeah that one line when both of them are just saying coupon <laughs> it's just awesome and uh, that's the ants that he's talking about there yeah. was that in the version i think of that the was in the yeah. trailer too yeah that's pretty sh- creepy uh for oh, personal nice. collections i think people that like animation would probably enjoy it probably yeah if you're into the stop motion definitely, definitely go for it but, but yeah. i enjoyed it and it, it even really if you good. don't go ahead and check it out yeah check it out see if see you want it because i thought it was great it, it surprised me i wasn't sure if i would enjoy it but i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. i was surprised uh the only one thing that still kind of is eh, is i wish for the lead characters the beetle the monkey and kubo uh, you know this is just one of my pet peeves you know this is a japanese folktale well, they could have used japanese actors but all of them you know those three are not japanese actors so it was kind of you know for that and those three eh. well two of those three you could actually pretty see the reason because one of them's a celestial being and one of them's a yeah. Kid of a celestial being. So. True, I guess you could go that route and have but, that in there. Yeah. But that is true. So celestial being wouldn't necessarily have an accent per se, but it's still you know, know. it'd been kind of cool to hear that because it's yeah, you know since we like the japanese anime and manga it's kind of in our wheelhouse that you know if it's a japanese folklore from an anime it's kind of cool to have the japanese characters in there now mm-hmm. if they re-envision it like they do in hollywood sometimes they'll bring a property over and cast it all with american actors by re-envisioning it that's one thing and but if they want to make a true adaptation you know <laughs> and this was an original story too it's not yeah. an adaptation from anything folks so don't I don't believe it's an yeah. adaptation from anything. Pretty sure they said it was an original story. But it was still, it was a cool story. The voices that were used, Kubo was Art Parkinson. The monkey was Charlize Theron. And the beetle, beetle was Matthew McConaughey. So really well known. And people will recognize the voices. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool and good. They fit the movie just fine as well. Yep. This one I would say, like Logan, put it in your library. Put it in your personal library if you really like the animation. I think you'd enjoy this as well. I think that's going to do it for us for this go-around, folks. We hope you've been having fun listening to us talk about Kubo and the Two Strings, which, as I told Logan, for some reason, I've always thought of it as Kubo Kubo of the the Two two Strings. strings. Yeah. I didn't realize that. For me, it was right up until basically two minutes before this podcast began, I thought it was Kubo (laughs) of the Two Strings. Even when we saw the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No clue why. True. There is one comment I was going to make 
take at the very it. beginning. Oh, I'm sorry. Not necessarily about the movie itself, but for some reason, a lot of the time, the backs and some descriptions, those descriptions of the movie on the backs of the movie, oh. slightly off in ways. Because yeah. we actually read through two different descriptions of Kubo in the two strings before finding a third one that actually was more accurate. Yeah, the other ones used the word vengeful, and we didn't know if that really was yeah. the case. We didn't feel that way. So. And there was also the saying that he summoned them, which, yeah. no, he didn't. True. He was just, just outside after dark, which is when they can see him. He was a bad boy out after dark. But instead yeah. of getting in trouble and getting grounded, his ants come to try to take his other eye out, folks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a fun one. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to do it. Like I said, we hope you've had fun. We've been having fun here. And like I said, we'll be leaving out with While My Guitar Gently Weeps, performed by Regina Spector. Have fun, everybody. We'll see everybody on the flip side. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Comic Pop Library. We welcome your comments and suggestions by emailing us at admin at comicpoplibrary.com. All emails submitted become the property of Comic Pop Library and are subject for use in our show. We would also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Comic Pop Library by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, or just tell someone about us. This podcast is not endorsed by any publisher, distributor, or studio and it is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The views and comments of the show hosts are their own and are not reflective of any business, entity, or organization associated with ComicPopLibrary.com.